What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam, join with Matt in a luxurious New York Jets m- Monday after a win. Uh, I'm I'm loathing in it. Matt's loathing in it as well because I don't know how much uh, how many of these we're gonna get. So cherish them while we can. Uh, Matt, uh, I think I know the answer here today. But how you doing today? I'm doing well. I think today is just a time to just uh, take in the win and just be happy about it. Uh, there's a lot of things we'll get into. I think there's a lot of things the Jets need to clean up. But uh, a victory Monday is a victory Monday. Couldn't have said it better myself. And then for the other side of the uh, – sometimes I'll say like other side and it kind of doesn't make sense because there's it's not really like a side. It's not like, you know, when we talk about basketball, it's like, you know, the the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. It's – they play in the same place. I think you need to stop saying the side, but in terms of NFL hierarchy, the Giants might be at the bottom half of the entire league. We'll get into that uh, embarrassment of a game. Don't even know where to start with them. We'll talk a little bit of uh, what's transpired so far in the MLB. And of course, we'll just go around the league and talk some news and notes from around the league. But Matt, I usually start uh, you know, I, I throw it to you and uh, or I'll preview some of my quick thoughts. But I want you to let, you know, say it with your chest. Let's be proud about this Jet win. Yeah, how could you not be? It's a game that, you know, we were coming into this and you weren't all that confident they were going to win. And deep down, I really wasn't either. I thought it was one of those weird games. It's a road win. It's your first of the season. It's the first time you let a football game this season outside of the game being over. So, I I mean, there's a lot of things to pick apart. I think there was some relatively positive news today that Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, we were afraid that might have been an Achilles, but he may just miss time with a calf. That would be best case scenario because we're talking about maybe your best offensive lineman. Uh, Sauce got nicked up at some point right back on the field. So I think they, they exited the game healthier than maybe you thought they were going to. So I think, I think it was mostly positive. I mean, I, I think – Run blocking was magnificent. Uh, I think the only thing the Jets really had trouble with in this game defensively, and it's something they've had trouble with and probably will in the future, and it makes you a little scared about maybe an Eagles game on the horizon, is, you know, I I thought the Jets' defense up front was great. But, you know, Russell Wilson can still move, and Russell Wilson was kind of moving like it was 2013 yesterday. And the Jets do have a lot of trouble containing those quarterbacks. I think the Jets could have won this game a lot more convincingly if not all those just just extra yards where Russell Wilson just scampers for them and the Jets don't have any answer for it. Uh, we saw it happen with Mahomes last week. So there's a lot of things to clean up. But I think in almost every phase, I would think you would say the Jets were the, the better team on the field. And I don't want to bang the drum on any of the the Sean Payton nonsense or drama. It is what it is. The most important thing was to go out there and win a football game, which they did. But it is nice to see the team rally around Nate Hackett after the game and things like that. I feel like that that shouldn't go without saying, you know. I think that especially for a team that we were saying, man, this locker room is about to combust uh, after a win, and win is the cure to all. I think they looked like they all really came together, Zach Wilson included. Uh, we'll get into his performance, but overall, I, I think you have to be. I think you have to be happy about this game. It was a, what was the what did Salah say? It was it was gritty. It wasn't pretty. I think yeah, the truth is like you're just going to have games like that. Sometimes you're going to have to win a game like that. So I think you should just be happy that they that they secured a W. Definitely, and and you know you're right. Any anytime you do get a win, it's a, a win's a win is a win. It's my one of my favorite things to say. 
But again, back to what you, you said, and I guess this will be our first real talking point. You mentioned, uh, and I thought the same, about the, the Russell Wilson scrambles and how, you know, for an Eagles team coming in that has a guy like Jalen Hurts, who is uh, one of the, you know, when you think about scrambling quarterbacks and guys that can get it done with their legs, he's up there and might be the poster boy for one of as one of those guys. So definitely scary. But I, I think I have a – my theory on that is I think, you know, not that the – uh, how do I want to say this? Cause I don't want to get into like a much bigger conversation about Zach Wilson with this, but I think it's, I think it's understood that who Zach Wilson is in the current slate of the end of NFL quarterbacks and who he is to the jets, right? They're still trying to develop him. They're still trying to, you know, gain some confidence in him and, and find what he's good at in the NFL. Right. I think, you know, and we always say that all the facets of the game are, are uh, related in some form or fashion. I think some of that defense and, you know, letting up all that underneath stuff and really playing soft coverage and backing off and, and kind of leaving the middle of the field open for Russell Wilson to open up uh, and run, I think kind of has to relate to the confidence that this team has in Zach Wilson. And I think if you're, if you're on the defense, if you're thinking about the defensive side of the ball, I think the, the thing is, you know, let them – let them chip down the field. We don't want to just give up the big play. And I think that that's where a lot of this, like you mentioned, that running from Russell Wilson and uh, letting him get outside the pocket and, you know, pick up his seven, eight yard rushes here and there. I think that kind of is related. Does that, does that make sense? It does. So, yeah, I think that, you know, as, as the offense gets more and more, uh, I'll say formidable, uh, again, Broncos are just a bad defense. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take anything away from this offense. Again, uh, what do we always say? B- run the ball. And what did they do yesterday? They ran the ball. They were able to to establish the ground game, and and it worked for them. It opened up the play action. It, it made them. It, it made the the Broncos really try and you know have to look at Brees Hall. Not, not that they weren't previous, but it made them have to look at Brees Hall and think about him every snap, no matter what the down was, really. And it put them in favorable positions. And w- what is one thing that we said, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, the plays you make more so than just setting yourself up in, in favorable positions and positions to make those plays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said it, this is the recipe we talk about every time the Jets go into a football game is we say Zach needs to protect the ball. And they have to establish a game on the ground. They did both of those things. I think even that interception towards the end, I think that was just Pat Sertain making a play. I mean, the guys yeah, I thought so too. Too. I thought I thought the immediate reaction was to rip Zach on that, but honestly, it's like knee jerk. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, obviously the quarterback threw the football, so obviously he's the one that threw the interception. I get it, you know, point blank. But you think about that situation, and you know, obviously skipping ahead to really the end of the game here, but. First of all, why is that even a pass in the first place? That was my first reaction is you got Brees Hall, who's just been shredding the Broncos on the ground all day long. Run the ball until you don't have to anymore. Run the clock out, put some pressure on them. And I get it. Like, you know, you want you want to kind of maybe the Sean Payton stuff. You want to kind of put the nail in the coffin there and try and score. Sure. Like, I didn't. And I think I there's something to mixing it up, really. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Maybe maybe not a lot of faith in Zach. I, I understand that. But, I mean, you don't really want to be a team that, like – 
like what was his name on the Chiefs that said, you know, that's an offense that likes to run the ball. You'd like to mix it up. So I don't really hate it when they get aggressive and decide to throw as much as you do, but I, I get where you're coming from. See, like to me, to me, I, I'm like partially I'm okay with being the team that wants to run the ball because to me, the team that wants to run the ball or a, a team that wants to run the ball that I, I watch constantly and I'm just in total awe of, like I watch the Lions and I'm like, all right, you go into a Lions game and you know David Montgomery's getting that ball 25 plus times. And like, I think if you have the talent around, like you can kind of go into game and say, all right, you know what's coming, now try and stop it. Like to me, it's like, you know, if you establish yourself as that running team, right? Getting back to who was it? Was it Chris Jones that said that on the Chiefs? No, I think it was Willie Gay. Chris Jones was the one that that was after the game when I forget who the ex NFL player now reporter is. It was just dunking on Zach Wilson because Chris oh, yeah. called him special. Yeah. <laughs> Earlier in the week, it was Willie Gay who said it was just tr- trying his hardest to compliment the Jets and oh, call yeah, him they, that okay. on the ball. So, like, so, like, but like, again, getting back to that, I'm okay with that. I think, like, I, I want to be the team that, you know, people go in and, and, you know, all right. If if our plan A is to run the ball and we and your plan A is now going to have to be to cater to our plan A, we already have the upper hand because you're playing off of your game, right? Yes. So I, I'm like again, kind of getting a little bit, a little bit, uh, taking a step back here and just kind of looking at the whole season. But uh, you know, this game, I thought, I, I thought the a uh, thing that's going to hurt the Jets when they play much better teams, and I thought that uh, again. Maybe this is where the defense kind of has their their gripe with the offense is the Jets need it. You know, I want to see first drive scores and first drive, not even first drive scores. I want to see first drive like really good put together drives like I see around the league. Right. These are we, we know even just as viewers and fans that these first drives are rehearsed and practiced and, and written down and they're scripted for, for the entire week. Right. It shouldn't be three and out in the first drive every time. And I feel like that's what we're getting. And, uh, you know, when you play good teams or better teams than the Broncos, I think that's going to hurt the Jets. Uh, yes, but I, I think it's worth pointing out that obviously Philadelphia is coming up. I think what I wanted to get into, and, and I feel like sometimes we act like hard asses when we say, you know, I, I don't want to look ahead too much. Let's just stay in the now. I, I think sometimes it's worth pointing out. So when you say, you know, when they play the better teams, listen, you're still going to have Buffalo on the schedule. You're still going to have Miami. But I think that stretch of, like, how many elite teams can you face in a couple weeks, I think that's kind of over. You're going to have the Giants. You're going to have the Raiders. You're going to have the Falcons, Houston, Washington. You're going to have a ton of teams like that. So there's going to be opportunity to win games. So I think yesterday you could say the Jets may, may have saved their season. And, you you know, they might get they might win a lot more games like this than we think. And I think this is the goal, you know, we had to, when we had to set back our expectations, the goal kind of reverted to what it used to be. And I want to see meaningful football games in December. And I think the Jets still have a chance to do that. So again, I know we don't want to take anything away from the Jets here, but I do think there's going to be opportunity to win a lot of gritty football games, just like this one. Yeah. And and you're right. They, I think the Jets uh, by, by strength of schedule going into the season, I think they, if they didn't have the, the the hardest schedule, they had, you know, a top five difficult schedule to begin the season. And people, we were on here saying that, you know, after week six, we wanted, if you're three and three after week six, you could, you could toot all the horns you want because 
you had a really tough schedule and, you know, get to three and three and then win, win the, uh, the weaker part of your schedule. Maybe we have one less win. And, you know, maybe I think I'm, I think I speak for you and I and many Jet fans when we say that we don't expect the the Jets to really win the Eagles game. You know, I'd like to see them be competitive, um, but I think the Eagles are just a, a machine right now. But again, not, yeah. I don't want to don't want to look ahead too much. But um, let me ask you this. That should be the so name look, of the show. Not not looking ahead too much. I want to look ahead too much. It, we say that a lot because we do. I feel yeah. like it's hard to, to not in football. Yeah, you know? it's hard to not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wait, like you this. said, you would love to be three and three. The friggin' Patriots just never go away. There's always yeah. every year you have to look back at a Patriots game and be like, how did they not pull that one out? You'd be right yeah. at your goal if you just did your job that day. They, and they, they were that talk about bad performances. That was one of one of the worst. I, I went into the the that Saints Patriots game and said I might not watch it down of this. And I was actually like, I don't say hate watching, but. Towards the end, I was like, I mean, no way the Patriots could shut out. Like, there's no way this is really happening. Like, Belichick will make this a game. And then all of a sudden, I look, and the, the clock hit zero, and the Patriots had the same amount of points that me and you had. Now, Bel- Belichick only gets up for the Jets these days. Yeah. yeah they might – honestly, they the only other game they might win might be the Jet game, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, no, they, they probably will, too. Yeah. And, and it, they're literally going to be – have what, they have two wins? Or one – do they have one win or two wins? Yeah. They've one win, I think. Sure. I think their one win is the Jets. They literally might have two wins this year, and they might both be against the Jets. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. what I really wanted to ask you. So, again, this is a this is a kind of a I don't want to say a silly question, but thinking of things in a vacuum, right? Not forget about you know the future schedule. Forget about uh, you know who's healthy, who's not. If I told you that from this point out, you can get nineteen of twenty six. For let's just say 200 to 220 yards, and again, the, the the interception at the end of the game, whether you want to chalk it up to a great play by Sertan, bad play call or bad throw, let's just take the let's just take the interception out of Zach Wilson's uh, box score. Would you sign up for a game like 19 of 26 for 200 yards, 200, let's say 200, 220 yards, and a touchdown every week from Zach Wilson? Uh, I guess so. And then you're just kind of signing up to win the games where, you know, Brees Hall can take over a game or you're able to really establish something on the ground. I think that that's kind of, if you're signing up for that stat line every week, I feel like that's kind of the, that would be the saving grace of every game that you're able to come out victorious. Yeah. And I think honestly, now let me ask you, so that's your answer, right? But what do you think, do you think the defense, the Jets defense would sign for that? Uh, their souls, maybe. Uh, it's a, I think it's tough because I I still feel like, and again, a win is a win. I get it, and I don't want to I don't want to consistently just bash in the offense. But I just feel like the defense I, is happy with what they got yesterday. Like I feel like just post game, yes. you can see it. The last two weeks, really, I feel like the Jets defense is showing you. Yeah, we we'll, we'll sign up for this as long as we don't have what happened against the Patriots again. We're happy with this. We'll win football games like this. We think we're the 85 Bears. Yeah. Uh, well, I still think – I mean, you can disagree with this, but I still think that there were some times yesterday where I just thought, like, you know, there were some points where even just one first down to give the, the defense another – you know, you got to think sometimes, especially in Denver when with the altitude and whatnot, and I, I thought they, they made a great point in the broadcast yesterday talking about the depth of the Jets' defensive line and how – 
Um, and how in Denver, a lot of teams will get their defenses and especially their defensive line will get really gassed early because of the altitude and just, you know, but the Jets, that really wasn't the case because the Jets are so deep on the D line that, you know, they're bringing in guys that are fresh that that's pretty much like another starting D line. So that I thought that was a really good point by the broadcast. That was an angle that I really didn't even like think about going into it. And again, don't know how much that really affected it, but um, nonetheless, I thought that was a good point. Just wanted, definitely wanted to bring that up. And then I just felt that there's some points where the offense, you know, don't go three and out, man. I think three and outs are just the absolute worst in every, in, I don't think there's a scenario where a three and out is it like you can even not even make an excuse, but you can rationalize a three and out to be like, okay. I, to me, a three and out is like, that is like, oh, you might as well throw an interception. Yeah, well, your your case in point to prove that would be, I would say the reason the Jets won this game is because down the stretch, they had Denver go three and out three or four times in a row. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And, you know, you, you you want to do that to the other team, and the reason you want to do it to the other team is because you want that defense to be gassed. And the, the the less rest that the defense has and uh you know the the more likely for those big plays and you know when you're again getting back to what I started with and you asked me about you know being a, a running offense or being known as a running offense if you're a team that I love a team that can grind down a team and like you know you see by the fourth quarter these defensive linemen have no push and they're they're just you know your offensive line who's sitting there waiting to get on the field they're you know, they're pushing these guys three yards down the field before the, the running back even gets to the hole. That's positive play. That's that you keep doing that. You're going to win a lot of football games. And I yeah. felt that the Jets did that yesterday. So um, just we just wanted to, to bring that up. Um, well, anyone else that, that you wanted to to, to shout out uh, specifically or single out that you thought might have had like a, a good game or a low key game that, you know, maybe didn't put up the stats, but, you know, you like what you saw? Uh, I have something that I, I like that I saw from a player. It's not it's not anyone who lit up the stat sheet or anything, but actually I have two guys because I, I do want to shout out Bryce Hall. He was kind of a key player going into the game. He had a great game. He even was the uh, the beneficiary of that fumble uh, scoop and score to lock up the game and put it on ice. So he's one of my guys. The other one is just uh, Mekhi Becton. Right before uh, AVT, he comes off the field with an injury, and this is a guy you've had trouble keeping on the field. Uh, so I just thought it was nice to see some toughness and some some real like willingness to get back on the field and finish the game from Mackay Becton because I feel like that's a guy, you know, as soon as I see him limp off the field, I'm like, is he just is he just gonna call it? Is he gonna call it a year? So I thought that was nice, especially yeah, when that, you're missing AVT, who's probably yeah. your best offensive line. Definitely, definitely good, good there. I got. Definitely I have one more thing I want to shout out from the game, not shout out, but just something that I thought was funny. Go ahead. Uh, this took place in our in our group chat. So this is mid game. I guess this is leading up right to the uh, the Zach Wilson interception. So we have Bobby just live texting us about the game. Uh, so this is down the stretch of the fourth quarter. Bobby texts us. I thought Zach was good in spots today. Definitely didn't let him loose like last week. And then maybe a mere two seconds later, we get three more texts from Bobby saying, "Oh my God, never mind." Send him to the moon, and that's that was the good. Jet fan experience right there. Yeah, a, a, a definitely a microcosm there. It was that was a uh, that was crazy. But again, I mean, the the interception, and you know, honestly, I'll say this: you that's a that's an interception where like 
again, great play, I thought, by Sertan. Questionable play call. and But, you know, I thought Josh Allen did this yesterday too, right? Where And I think Josh Allen does this, and I think it's going to be like a thing we're going to start seeing. M- maybe not exactly, but, you know, if you have the game – if you have the, the clock on your side, right. And you're, you're all you really are worrying about is just trying to run out the clock the most, you know, throwing an interception and, and yeah, not necessarily, I know Zach's was like, they were in the red zone. It's a, it's obviously a lot worse, but if you're, if you're in a scenario where you're at like the 50 yard line, just throw it up for grabs. Like just, 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 if you kind of like control where the guy's going to pick the ball off almost. And I, I feel like Josh Allen's done this like three or four times. And again, don't know if it's intentional or not, but, if you're just trying to give them a full field to run to to run their offense when the when they have the clock against them, you know, throwing up a pick inside the the five yard line or the ten yard line, I don't think is really the end of the world. Like, no, I, I can live with one hundred percent. Yeah, it, like there was, I think at that point it was was it twenty four twenty one at that point. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like it was a crucial yeah. spot, but it, it wasn't a what the hell were you looking at interception. Yeah, I mean, he pinned it between his legs. He, I don't yes. think he catches that. Like, a yeah. majority of the time, he probably doesn't make that play. Yeah. So uh, we are, we are. I know it's been a while with the Jets. I have one more thing I wanted to point out to you specifically. Uh, I was watching the game yesterday uh, with my dad, Bronco fan, my brother, a couple other people, and you're a big go for it guy, and a lot of a lot of the Perhaps better the offenses biggest. in the league are. I mean, put on any Bills game, Chiefs game, even a Chargers game, whatever it is, even the Eagles who the Jets have coming up. These are, you know, high percentage go for it teams. There's a lot of times yesterday where the Jets are in one of those positions where it's like, oh, we only need to pick up a yard and we're at the Denver 30 or things like that. The Jets never trust themselves to go for it. I'm not saying it's a bad decision, but do you you feel like that is maybe something that can hold a team behind, especially you're going into you're going to play Philadelphia next week. Who? What's their success rate on fourth and one? Like ninety seven percent or something. And the yeah, Jets don't, like they don't go to that next level. They don't utilize that extra down the way other teams do on certain spots in the field. Do you think that holds the Jets back from maybe you know if all things blew right and they could compete with some of the better teams? Is that a big deal? You think? Because I feel like you do leave a lot of points on the board, you know, versus an opponent who's not going to. Well, a couple of things. I think that I have a macro and a micro thought on that 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 statement. My my micro thought is, you know, for for the Jets specifically, and yesterday, uh, maybe just like for the season long Jets, I think that as they get more confidence in Zach, and as they get more, I I really think that maybe Brees Hall, and I think that uh, yesterday kind of showed us maybe that. Maybe in the first couple of games, Brees Hall really wasn't, you know, 100% or maybe, you know, obviously he really truly was on a pitch count. But as you start getting, you know, your confidence in Zach and as you start getting your your confidence in uh, in Brees Hall and and honestly, you, you think about these fourth, like if you look at all these fourth down calls, these are plays that are are like money. Like you very rarely see the, all those teams you mentioned. I'll throw the Lions in there, too, because they just run perfect offense. I think that as you start, as the season goes on, we're going to start seeing the Jets start doing that more and more. And I think that, that it's a thing that, uh, you know, it's, it's something that is, it's tough to do with a guy like Zach Wilson, because, you know, you're so concerned about, you know, not for nothing, but I think I speak for a lot of Jet fans when, whenever he drops back still, 
you you're still kind of like, oh, my God, what is he going to do? Like, you're kind of on the edge of your seat. Like, you're not like fully confident like you are in like a Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes or something like that. And I think that's something that'll come. As for like Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes, that kid has come a long way. Yeah, we'll get to that game in a few. But that what a performance last night. That was flawless by the 49ers. Um, uh, yeah, and then a great win for as, the Jets. I mean, we'll we'll definitely we, a big week to preview, a big schedule to preview, and I guess that'll be Friday. Yeah, for, yeah, Thursday, Friday, one of those days. But um, and then as for my my quick macro point on on I guess fourth downs, I'll say, I think there's something to this Eagles uh, tush push or brotherly shove play that that uh, is gonna. I don't want to say change the NFL because it's I don't think it's gonna be that drastic, but. I think the days of these Bryce Young, Zach Wilson, uh, smaller, not really big stature quarterbacks that might have been just really good in college, but, you know, uh, come to the NFL and are just like really small. I think that's going to be a really big issue going forward. I really do. Because, like, I think what the NFL is going to start turning into is it's especially if they don't ban this, this uh, the tush push brotherly shove play. You know, you're not going to have uh, you're not going to have a quarterback or not going to want a quarterback that can't sneak it and can't get you that one yard. And I think that as like, you know, the 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 NFL changes and and like we said, people start going for it on fourth down more and fourth and two turns into fourth and one turns into fourth and inches. I think that the 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 era of the small stature quarterbacks, I think, is going to come to an end sooner than we think. And I think partially is going to be because of that. But don't you think it's more of an offensive line or maybe the push that's what gets him over? I mean, you know, obviously Brady's a much bigger dude than a Zach Wilson, but not not a big guy, perhaps just tall. And Brady was money on on those uh, sneaks too. I feel like it's it's I feel like it's less about the quarterback, more about everything going on around him. I mean, obviously Cam Newton was a menace, and he he gets in there by himself against eleven guys. But I don't know. I think the Jets could pull that off. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I think Zach Wilson is too uh, his. I, well, all right. Now that now that we're on this subject, I'll bring up what one of kind of what I said out loud when I was with uh, I was with some people watching the games on uh, yesterday. Like if you're a, if you're a team like the, you know, someone with a big tight end or maybe a team that has a small stature quarterback. Why wouldn't you just teach your like a tight end or a running back to do that? Yeah, the Jets used to run Sheldon Richardson in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they just in practice have one of your tight ends or one again, even if you have a really athletic like linebacker or uh, you know whoever a big body. Why wouldn't you just have them do that instead of a your small quarterback? Imagine having like Brees Hall and just getting vultured by like a linebacker all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was well, yeah, that would that would be terrible. I, honestly, the the Eagles are. Uh, again, I don't want to get talk about the, the preview of this next this upcoming week, but it's crazy watching the Eagles because it's literally like you know they start with the ball first and nine, and everyone else starts with the ball first and ten, right? Because yeah. this play is just unstoppable. They haven't been stopped yet, and they, you know what's crazy too is they'll get a lot of times they don't get one yard; they'll get two yards just on the just on the O line itself almost. And it, it's crazy. I, I I didn't mean to get off the the, the jet path there, but um, no, it's good. I yeah. think I think we left it all on the table with the Jets. 
Yeah, and and definitely want to talk some positive football before whatever the hell the Giants did yesterday. Um, do you, any other Jet thoughts before we go over to that? Uh, I don't even know have the adjective. Yeah, how bush league do you think it would have been if at the end of the game Nate Hackett got a Gatorade bath? <laughs> that would it would have been good. Uh, I thought yeah. that. You know, I think the Jets, it was funny that, you know, obviously after the game, they all the cameras are on the, the Salah handshake with Peyton. You know, what did you expect? What is he going to do, slap him in the face? Like, No, but I, I, I think what we were looking for was Sean Payton to make an effort to go over to Hackett or whatever. I don't know. Good for Hackett. He got the game ball. Um, I mean, that's about as sweet as a, a win you're going to get in uh, in your coaching career. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high road guy myself. Uh, oh, me, me too, but it's got to feel good. Worst coach in the history of the NFL, and then, you know, you go you go out there, you get a win. Your yeah, offense produced more points than the Broncos' offense. And I think that if there was a, there were betting odds to not have a job at the end of the year, I think Sean Payton might be uh, – have might be – well, how am I going to say this? Might be more likely to lose his job than Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, I mean, imagine two years in a row, fire the head coach. All right, this, uh, this Giants monstrosity – I think the Giants should probably send an edible arrangement over to the Carolina Panthers because if not for them, uh, they might be the clear-cut worst team in the NFL. Is there any anything about this Giants game uh, against Miami, uh, just a scoring machine, that you thought was positive? Did you, did you think that they were in it at any point? I mean, I guess they got their first turnover of the year. That's something. Um, the New York football giants, now the only team to not have a possession with the lead. Anything from this game that you can now this giant fan in the face and say, well, at least. So this is going to be a little contrarian here. I, this might, and this might sound crazy. I might spend the whole episode trying to back myself up here. I don't think the giants l- looked as bad as everyone is making it out to be yesterday. And I'll say this. I thought the offensive line looked miserable, right? Truly, truly miserable. Although, you know, not for nothing, but for much of this game, including at halftime, I thought the Giants were very, very much in this game. Like, they hung with this team for regardless of, I think I just saw a stat that they have the the Giants gave up the most sacks within two weeks since 1986, and even with that, right, and even with all that and all of the no Saquon Barkley, still, again, the roster is completely flawed with no no outside help for Daniel Jones, no offensive line help for Daniel Jones. I, I, I'll i be honest. I did not think the Giants looked as bad as people are painting them out to be yesterday. I, I just didn't. I, I thought that they, with what they have, that's that. I thought that was like the best they could have performed to be quite honest. I almost feel like that's fair. Cause at one point I was like, well, this is like almost just a two score game. You know, they didn't have the 70 on you. It was the whole, the entire game. I mean, the third quarter, they, they get that the nail in the coffin was third quarter. That 70 yard pass from t- to Tyree kill was the nail in the coffin. But right before that, it was, it was 17, 10. Like they, they were really, really in this game. And again, that was really early. And it was, you know, all it takes is one blown coverage against this Dolphins team to just have your doors blown off. But, you know, the Giants lose this game, it ends up 15, they get a 51-yard field goal in the fourth quarter. But, you know, with they they held the offense down for Miami with the last 
eight minutes or the last nine minutes of the fourth quarter. I think if they have a formidable offense with, you know, and Daniel Jones gets hurt at the end of this. Remember that Daniel Jones hurt. And, you know, it might've seemed like a blowout because of like all the narratives and, and whatnot, and maybe just the method of how the, the uh, Dolphins might've scored with, again, that 70 yard bomb by Tyree kill. Uh, and then just, you know, they, I thought they, the defense played actually decent yesterday for an offense that, uh, you know, a Miami offense that is just blowing the doors off mostly everyone besides Buffalo. And, uh, you know, I think that if you're the Giants, you kind of need to look at yourself. And if you're if you're someone that wants to blame Daniel Jones or you want to blame them for paying Daniel Jones or you want to blame Brian Dable, I don't think this is on them. I think this is just a poorly constructed roster. And to be yeah. honest, I, I feel like I'm defending Aaron Boone when I say this, but kind of the same thing as I said with Aaron Boone and the Yankees, where, you know, what is the Aaron Boone supposed to do when you're, you know, you're running out Jake Bowers as your everyday first baseman for a month and a half, right? Like, you know, what is Brian Dable supposed to do when your number one receiver yeah. is, is, a, you know, no name. Yeah. And Aaron Boone's dealing with all that without being sacked uh, 40 times in two weeks. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, you're right. I was going to ask you uh, when you finish your point, like, I don't really know where to place the blame on this Giants team. Is it coaching? Is it, I mean, obviously it's the offensive line, but, who deserves most of the blames? Of course, I don't really know. I think you're right. It's just a poorly constructed team. And in fairness, I mean, you know, we said this game was a little closer than we thought it was going to be. I mean, how how many how often do you get a, a do you get an interception? You return a hundred two yards to the house. The offense was bad, but I don't know whose fault it is. And I think the Giants are a very bad team. I don't I don't think this is like. I don't know. I I don't think this is fluky. I think that they're worse than maybe we even uh, realize they are. Yeah. I mean, yes. And I think it's, to me, it's on the roster construction and whoever you want to put that blame on. I I think it's again, the the offense, the offensive line, again, no Andrew Thomas, of course. So he's obviously they're looking to get him back, but you know, this, you know, it's hard to, you don't really see people just going out there trading offensive linemen. Right. I mean, even looking at like some of the worst teams in the league, their problem is that they don't have the offensive line either. So like, who are you going to, there's no one, it's not like you're going to, even a team that might be tanking there, you're not going to take their offensive lineman from them because you know, that is what keeps a lot of teams in games. So. Uh, yeah. And, I, then, I don't know. and it's what keeps your, you know, your potential new or rookie quarterback uh, healthy and it helps development and all that. It's, it's, it's probably the hardest position in the game to trade for outside of, you know, obviously quarterback because there's only 30 of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, though, like you, it, you might even have an easier time trading for a quarterback because a lot of teams carry three or four that don't even see the light of day. Well, so like, good ones. Good ones. I, starting. I, okay. Let's well, say yeah. you want a starting lineman, you want a starting quarterback. It's got to be the, it's probably the toughest position to trade for, to trade for a good one. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Like, a, like and a maybe maybe you want to trade for one that doesn't call the fans burger flippers. That's probably you got to pay a premium for that too. Yeah, you could you could start there, but and again, you know, we we say this all the time, but Giants leading rusher yesterday at 25 yards, Eric Gray, not even Matt Breida. Matt Breida had nine carries for 21 yards. Uh, Darren Waller. I mean, bright spot in this game is Darren Waller, eight for 86. After that, nothing. Darius Slayton, two catches. Who Paris is that, Campbell Eric Gray? Is that just some emergency guy sitting up in the 300s with season tickets? A 23-year-old from Oklahoma uh, gets his first, you know, real, uh, you know, real action. He had, uh, he. other than that, his only other snaps in the NFL were 
uh, that Monday night game against the the Seahawks in in blowout time. So they're grasping at straws, and it's very they're very open about it. Um, and I don't know if it's I hate to see. I really feel bad for Daniel Jones. If we're being brutally honest, I do. And I, I think that like on a good team, and I have said this before. And obviously, Zach Wilson's getting a little bit, a little better, taking steps forward for sure. You know, you put Zach, you put Daniel Jones on the Jets. That's a real, that's a real squad. I think. I think I agree. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving him Daniel Jones. I'm not giving him a he's Super done it. Ring. He's done it once. You know what I mean? He's been here for a little bit now. Yeah. But but like I think I think that's just a he he's just the exact reason why it's an exact scenario why you need an offensive line. And uh, I've been preaching since even you know even when the Jets got Rodgers and we were on here talking about how, you know, great it was to that they got Rodgers and whatnot. What is the what was the one thing we always said? It doesn't matter if the O-line doesn't show up doesn't play it does yeah. literally does not matter yep so, so do you I think, think the giants are the example of that so if this season continues to go the way it was i was listening to uh dph on rothenberg today and I, I i'm listening to dave big giants guy talking about you know i'm not really disappointed anymore it's what i expected i spent my weekend watching college and thinking about who the giants might draft a quarterback given everything you just said feeling bad for daniel jones um, not blaming Daniel Jones, looking at the offensive line he has to work with. If this continues this way, are the Giants going to be in a spot where they still look to just start fresh, draft someone? Because there's a chance they could wind up with a top three to five pick in the draft. I think I think if the Jet, uh, if the Giants do anything but draft you know, the best offensive lineman available, they are doing themselves a disservice. I might Unless... Agree. Unless my only caveat is unless they get like the second pick and I think one's going to be Caleb Williams. And if they have the second pick, then they have to take Marvin Harrison have to, but Mm -hmm. you know, that that's just, you know, other than having the one or the two, if they have the, if they get the number one overall pick, you obviously are going to trade it for a King's ransom and to have a team that wants, uh, that wants Caleb Williams. Cause I I don't think they're going to, I really don't think they start fresh. I think that if anything, they they look to bolster, and they the 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 Giants will. I I don't think the Giants are an organization like that can withstand both internally and externally. I don't think they can withstand being, you know, a, a laughing stock. Like they've been mediocre for a greater part of the last decade, even, and they, I, you know, that's one thing. But this bad, the you know one in four with you know everyone can see what the holes are in this team i don't i think the the giants are a type of team that you know they're gonna they're gonna say almost like again like the yankees are doing where they're gonna say like all right we need we need to take a step back and look at this this was a slap in the face but i know that we have like the right tools here or we have some good foundation pieces like again like the yankees do but we just need to really revamp this and really figure this out and i think that the giants uh, you know, again, a lot of football to be played, a lot of football to be played. Maybe Andrew Thomas comes back and serves as the anchor for this offensive line and the Giants yeah. start to play well. Who knows? Right. That's, a lot a, of football that's, left. that's the biggest loss that honestly, you and I did a bad job. We took too long to even mention his name. Andrew Thomas. Yeah, that's that's such a big loss for the Giants. Yeah. And but, you know, the thing is, they'll, they'll come back next year and they'll say, 
all right, full, you know, hopefully full, full health with Andrew Thomas plus whoever we added, you know, you put the, put Andrew Thomas and, uh, you know, the, let's just say the top college offensive tackle or whatever on the giants plus, uh, you know, whatever the most elite weapon is on the outside for Daniel Jones. And then maybe you bring back Barkley, uh, who knows? You know, I think the I think there I think there is a foundation here, but I think that the foundation right now is is not you know it's not sturdy. But I think there's like there's a couple there's a couple of pieces of wood there. Yeah, for yeah. lack of a better term. But um, and then, you know I you know I don't know if you have anything else to say about this game specifically, but the as for the Dolphins, I mean I I'll, I'll say this. I think the first two weeks and them, you know, hanging 70 on the Broncos is there that I think that's a little bit of an anomaly. I think that this team is, you know, Tyreek Hill and all their weapons are, are are really just, you know, overwhelming. But, you know, this is a game where if you're the if you're the Dolphins, I think you're I don't know how like happy you are with your performance because. You know, you Tua has a terrible pick six, full field, 102 yards. That was a that was a miserable throw. And then again, they let the Giants hang. And you, in the NFL, and a team much better than the Giants, not even much better, like a team like it, it, let's say the, the the Dolphins are playing the, the Texans, right? Let's just say a team with a g- really good offense, maybe not the best defense. You let a team like that hang around, you're going to lose games. And I think that you know. One thing that's going to separate this Dolphins team from maybe the the upper echelon per se of the AFC or the NFL even is that I think that they're they they obviously have the talent for the big plays, but I think the sustainability of drives and you know sometimes you you, you take a shot for a big play and you miss and you find yourselves in a tough third and ten at your you know twenty five yard line or thirty yard line that's tough against better teams that you're going to put yourself in, in not the best scenarios. So uh, I don't want to say this offense is hit or miss, but for, for the Dolphins, I guess I'd just like to see more more of like a sustained drive than more so just like home run hitting drives, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I just I, – I mean, obviously 70 points is an anomaly. That's just – that's not a team I want to get into a shootout with. Do you have no. any, any plans on going to the uh, – and the only reason I'm doing this is because just the time of day and, and it just kind of feels perfect – any part of you that's looking to go to the Black Friday, uh, Jets Dolphins? Um, I mean, three o'clock that, on a Friday, you can't really beat it. Is that what day is that? Uh, whenever Black Friday is, so the twenty sixth, twenty fourth, twenty. The day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday, still correct? Yes. Okay, so that would be the twenty fourth. Haven't thought about it. However, I'd love to. Um, that would be fun. And they, they play – who do they play that, that day? The Dolphins. The, oh, that's the – oh, well. That was the connection. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. We'll see. Let, let's see where the Jets are, right? Because if, if the Jets continue to play well and, you know, I'm up for that game or, you know, that that's a somewhat of a meaningful game. Obviously, it's in division, so it will be a little bit meaningful to at least one side of this, uh, of that game. But we'll see. Um. Anything else you want to say about the Giants before we move on to the rest of the league? No, I'm just uh, praying for them. Yeah, pray. I'm. Uh, I'll, I'm going to second that, but I'm going to say I'm praying for Daniel Jones because, uh, again, he leaves the game. He leaves the game with an injury late here, and it's like it was just bound to happen. The guy gets hit every time he takes a snap, every single time. Yeah. So, 
praying for Daniel Jones. Um, before we go around the league, let's talk about our picks a little bit. I um, swung and missed this week. I think I'll say this. I had the Bills minus five and a half as my one point play. I think if that game is played anywhere in North America, they win that game. By You're five probably right. You know, and I think that all the talk, I, I didn't really buy into too much of the, oh, Josh Allen couldn't stay awake, needed to drink coffee before the game, da, da, da. Uh, you know, uh, I didn't really buy into that, and I missed, sure. And then the Rams, Rams money line, I thought, you know, the, the end of that game got away from them a little bit, but just like I said about the Giants, they were in that game for a good portion of that. I don't know if I'd take them again. Obviously a bad pick, but definitely went for a swing and swing and uh, yeah, yeah. you're trying run. to hit a home run. I understand it. It wasn't a bad pick. We can't all be perfect on underdog picks like I am. Yeah. And we can't all have no sweats like you either. Yeah, man. I, I cashed in again with the Jets plus two and a half. They obviously went outright and the Lions minus 10. I think they won by 18 or 20 points. So I'm still cruising. I'm I'm eight and two now. Yep. Uh, that would put me at 12, 13. 14 points uh and you're still at a, a measly nine so yeah uh, you might still have to swing for the fences coming up here because i'm not i'm not showing any signs of slowing down uh, yeah your pick you're was tank. the texans plus two i believe that pushed at the very uh end of the game it, that that did it definitely did push and that was a uh that the end of that game was crazy because the 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 texans I thought they were winning. They kick a field goal late there, and I thought they were, I thought they were going to just go down. I'm sorry, they didn't kick a field goal. They they scored with a minute 49 left to go up by one. I thought they were going to win straight up, and then they ended up losing. Young Ho Koo 37 yard field goal as time expires to win. And you know, I heard this yesterday. Uh, Desmond Ritter hasn't lost a home game in his like entire football career. Or something like that. Like, Interesting. never lost one in college. Never lost one in high school. He like, and he still hasn't lost one in the NFL, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. But let's uh, let's talk about more more of these games around the league. Uh, again, we spoke about that Bills a little bit. What do you any any thoughts on the Jaguars and that whole performance? No, they're just London's darling, and they they put on for the fans, and I appreciate it. Yeah, and and so and so does uh, the entire uh, so does all of London. To be you honest, think like they, you think like a couple years down the road, like you go to London, like you'll see a good amount of Trevor Lawrence jerseys, and like you think people are buying into the team over there? No, I think it's fake. I think I so too. I think it's just all you know. They'll, they'll show they'll the NFL cameras will pan to the, the the Jaguars jerseys in the in the audience and say, "Wow, there's a lot of support here for the Jaguars." Yeah, I'm not buying it. I'm not. I think just, they just pick the Jaguars when they were really boring, and now they just that's just where they go. Let, let me know when you know someone that has a Jaguars jersey. I mean, I don't plan on going to – you mean just in the world? In, yeah. Let, let, when you find someone with a Jaguars jersey, let me know. Okay. I have a Jaguars, like, a jersey back from the flag football days when I was the quarterback of the Old Bridge Jaguars. Got it. Close. You're going to go to London with that? I, um, I would like to. Maybe if I if I do eventually go to London, maybe I'll go there for a for a Jaguar game. Maybe the Jets I recommend leave. one of my uh, one of my favorite trips I've ever taken was to London. Yeah, um, I forgot you did that. So let's let's go back to across the pond. We'll go to the Titans and the Colts. Uh, Anthony Richardson gets hurt here, but some Minshew magic, and the Colts come out twenty three sixteen. 
Yeah, as soon as Anthony Richardson went down, I knew I was going to route my uh, opponent in our fantasy league this week, so that was big. Um, I'm I'm becoming a like a effort. soft fan of the Colts. I, I kind of root for them, especially when Minshew has to play. Uh, I thought that was a big win for them. It was nice to see DeAndre Hopkins also on my opponent's uh, bench. Uh, finally sort of have a, a game where he looked like DeAndre Hopkins in Tennessee, I guess. Uh, but I think the Colts are kind of fun. Yeah, and I think I, I've sung the the praises of Mike Vrabel and this Titans offense uh, for the past, you know, season or two. I'm out on them. I think they're whack. <laughs> I think Derrick – I don't know what's going on with their usage of Derrick Henry and when they woke up and said that, you know, giving Derrick Henry the ball 30 times wasn't the best option. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't we, know we when that changed, a, but – We could skip that Saints-Pats game because we sort of touched on it, but this does clear clarify the Patriots do have one win, and it was against the Jets. And the Patriots look really good, uh, obviously losing 34 to nothing at home. Yeah, really, really valiant effort there. Thank you, Mac Jones. Um, and then next game here, this was a game that we we put on, uh, I believe our, our exact words were upset watch. Uh, you know, our red flags are out on this one. The Ravens head to Pittsburgh and lose to the Steelers in a low, as, as much of a Steelers-Ravens game as anyone could ever have predicted. 17-10, Steelers come out on top. The Ravens did nothing to impress me in this game. But also, the Steelers might have won. They did nothing to impress me either. Yeah, uh, you were the first person I thought about when this game ended because I'm looking at your picks and I'm like, number one Mike Tomlin fan, head of the Mike Tomlin fan club. You I know. You didn't sniff this out instead of the I Rams. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the Ravens' issue here was really just at drops. Obviously, there were some turnovers late. Uh, most likely just out of frustration. But between Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, I think uh, Odell even had, they were just dropping the ball all over the place and really just left open a lane for the Steelers to come back and win. But like we said, it's one of those weird AFC North games. It's it's hard to bet. It's hard to pick. You never really know. Yeah, but, you know, again, I, I looking back at it and I'm watching this game and I'm like almost like I didn't touch the game betting-wise had no sort of, you know, skin in the game, but I was like angry at the fact that I didn't because, you know, just for what you just said, I should have, my, my Mike Tomlin signal should have went off immediately. Yeah. You should ask Bobby where he got that Andy Reid shirt and see if you can get a Tomlin one. I'm not even kidding. uh, uh, I want, I need the, I need the Steelers to, again, again, the Steelers are not impressing me. That's why I veered away from them to be honest. So I, I don't know how many, how much Steelers, uh, Steelers gear I'm going to be buying, but um, definitely, definitely a big win there by the Steelers and the Ravens. Uh, they have two suspicious losses this year. I mean, the Colts are okay. Steelers are both, you know, they lost, lose the two okay teams, but uh, you know, this, this Ravens team might be in every game, but I don't know. They're, they're, they're missing a big weapon. I think the fact that anyone in their red zone besides Mark Andrews gets even looks anymore is beyond me. It should be, if it's first and goal, there should be four, four throws to Mark Andrews, in my opinion. I wish that would be the case. Uh, uh, yeah, I know you do, but, I, you know, it baffles me how, you know, sometimes simplifying is just the easiest thing to do. Um, yeah. Next game, uh, we, we kind of spoke about this a little bit. Uh, Falcons beat the, the Texans. Don't really need to go over that one too much. This next game, right, we, we said that, you know, two of the worst teams in football, probably the Panthers are probably the worst. They showed every bit of that. And then on the flip side of that, the Lions are I, – I love watching the Lions. They are 
I think I flipped from, you know, loving to watching the Titans to just loving watching the Lions because no, no Gibbs out for this game. No, I'm on Ross St. Brown. And they put up 42 points. And I just love watching them play offense. Just the play calling. Unbelievable. They, they're a machine that like I've never seen before. Them and the 49ers, they run this machine-like offense that it's like, you know, you almost like it's – and I don't want to say it's simple because it's not, but – and I don't know if I, I'm speaking for everyone or just myself, but like I'm watching Jared Goff on these plays and like I'm almost like with him on his reads because it's so like one-to-one. It's like, all right, we're first we're going to get this guy in motion to the right, look at him. If he's not there, we're going right to the middle of the field, wide open. And it's such a machine offense, and they do what I want the Jets to do. You know, we they go into every week, and everyone knows David Montgomery's getting the ball. Everyone knows it. Stop it. Yeah. Please try and stop it. And, you know, obviously they have a much better offensive line. Dan, this, Dan Campbell, to me, probably is my coach of the year this, this early. You can give it to your Shanahan's and whoever you want to give it to, but – the job that Dan Campbell's done in this team is, I I can't I, I love watching them. Uh, everyone wrote them off, you know, said they're young. Aiden Hutchinson or could be early favorite for defensive player of the year. Uh, this is a well-oiled machine that, you know, if I had a, if I had to pick a, uh, a a a team to kind of sneak out of the NFC, them. Yeah, I, if I was being reborn as a as an NFL fan, I might be a Detroit Lions fan. I yeah, they're so, they're and so you fun. know what? It doesn't hurt when uh, the greatest hip hop artist of all time is is up there in the box watching. You know, none, none of the Taylor Swift stuff. That's not how Detroit gets down. Yeah, give it. Yeah, Eminem. Right. He. I saw that this morning. He. Uh, he. I thought that was an older picture, though. No, he was there. No, nah, he was there yesterday. Uh, yeah. I thought it was just an older picture. I thought. Did he post that? Where did I see that? No, he was just. It was like Taylor Swift being up there. They just kept, you know, posting them everywhere. The NFL shit. Well, whatever – I mean, I don't think it matters who's in the audience or where they are, but I, I'm excited to watch the Lions. I'm just looking ahead of their schedule now. Lions-Ravens, not next week, but two weeks from now. That's a game and a half. Uh, and not for nothing, this Lions schedule, kind of easy, right? They play the Bucks. They should the, – that should be a win. They play the Ravens. That's a toss-up. And they Raiders, no longer play in, in a division with Aaron Rodgers or any of that. The yeah. Bears are bad, you know. The, the Vikings are have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback. They play them later on in the year. And, that you know, they they end the season, the last two of their last three games are against the Vikings. So, yeah. I, I think I think they might work. If, if even Kirk Cousins is the quarterback of the Vikings by the end of the year, who knows? But, nonetheless, next game, the Bengals uh, handle business in Arizona and beat the Cardinals 34-20. to 20. Uh, I, of course... You know, I have DJ Moore in fantasy Thursday night, 45 points. I'm sitting pretty. Not that I had to sweat because my team went off, but Jamar Chase with three yeah, touchdowns. Really. You, was you're, you're actually kind of lame for even looking at the score after Thursday night. I mean, Jamar Chase, I'm, I'm, I, uh, truthfully, I didn't. And then I'm seeing Jamar Chase touchdown. Uh, all right, I guess I'll look, see where he's at. Jamar Chase, okay. second touchdown. All right, I'll, all right, he's getting a little closer. Jamar Chase, third touchdown. Oh my God. Like, what's going Like, they were doing. Matt's team was doing everything it could to have a Monday Night Miracle set up. I don't think it's yeah. possible, but they were doing everything they could to Monday Night Miracle me. Um, Thank you, Carlos Pizza. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't think there's any any sort of surprise here. This game was pretty chalky. Um, I, th- I, I enjoy guess the Cardinals, though. They, they, they're they kind of 
I mean, up until the end of that fourth quarter, I mean, they're, they're they seem to be in every game. Yeah, and it's funny. I feel like they they have to have a really. I don't know this, but their their record against the spread in the first half has to be good. Has yeah. to be, you know, because I feel like they're they're in. You're like you said, every game in the first half, every game, and then they they lose ultimately. But um, good sign here by the Bengals. Um, I think that they're going to be a team that you know going forward we're gonna. They have a really, really tough schedule looking ahead. Seahawks, 49ers, Bills, Texans, Ravens. That's a tough schedule for the Bengals. Yeah, so I, I think in like two weeks' time, we might just start looking at Cincinnati the way we used to again. This might just be this might all just be about a slow start coming off injury uh for Joe Burrow. Because really I don't I don't know why they wouldn't be able to kick it back up. I, I agree. So now let me ask you this. Looking ahead, they played the they they're home against the Seahawks next week. What do you think the line is in that game? As of right now, playing the Seahawks. That's actually interesting because I couldn't even tell you who's favorited. Where is it? In Cincinnati. I'm going to say it's Bengals minus one and a half, but it's probably going to be Seattle minus two and a half or something. It's, it's Bengals minus two and a half. So okay. pretty much a, almost a coin flip there. But I, I think that that's right. I mean, if Bengals at home, now I don't want to tease any picks, but. Give me the you know if they can if they can run offense like that next week I think they can they can beat the Seahawks I think yeah you know um we spoke about this Eagles Rams game did you have any any thoughts on the Eagles now that uh, you know they're on there any more thoughts on the Eagles now that they're on the Jets horizon or any thought about Cooper Cup or Matt Stafford no I, I mean not really I mean yeah. it was just I, kind of it was one of those games where you just lose to a better team I think I think we're both still kind of high on the Rams as opposed to maybe what people felt like coming in. Um, just one of those games, I actually thought they were kind of close for most of it. With yeah, the Eagles I mean, on the horizon, I guess your only hope is they're 5-0. and There's got to be a trap game somewhere on the schedule. Yeah. I mean, that was my thinking going into into this week with the Eagles was, you know, if they're they're not going to go undefeated. They're, you got to pick your spots to lose some games, and I thought this was a good spot. But yeah. honestly, you look you look at the scoring in this game, Jalen Hurts gets a one-yard touchdown run with as time expires in the first in the first half, and then the only other scoring in the entire second half from both teams was two field goals by Jake Elliott. That was it. So the 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 vaunted Eagles offense kind of kind of couldn't finish drives at the end there, and the Rams hung in there. Uh, the, the score ends up being a, a nine-point game, but for most of this game, this was a one-possession game, back and forth, really tight, tightly contested. And again, I think. As far as my pick, I think the read was there, and I I would probably take – I think I'd take the Rams again. I think I would. Okay, fair. Um, next two games, the Chiefs beat the Vikings 27-20 in Minnesota. Travis Kelsey leaves with injury in the middle of this game, comes back and scores a touchdown uh, as only Travis Kelsey could. Patrick Mahomes, 31 of 41, 281 and two touchdowns. Um, seems like Isaiah Pacheco has taken the, the reins as the feature back in Kansas city. And then, you know, the only, my only other comment for the, uh, chiefs is kind of very similar to, uh, I don't want to say with the giants, but these weapons in the outside for Kansas city are going to catch up to them soon because, because outside of Travis Kelsey, they're weak on the outside, really weak. Yeah, on the outside. But you know, I feel like we said that last year. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold myself this year. I think the Chiefs are different this season in the, just in the way that they run offense and things like that. Um, they almost used to have like a non-existent running game. Isaiah Pacheco used to do 
almost nothing back there. I think they're much more balanced now. I don't know how long Travis Kelsey was out for, but we saw it in week one. I mean, with no Travis Kelsey on the field, and certainly when the Jets were able to limit him, uh, the Chiefs are a different football team. I don't know how much of that had to do with them squeaking by Minnesota here or anything like that, but I don't know. The Chiefs, to me, are a different team this year, and I don't want to get caught up in the the weapons are going to catch up because we really said that all year last year, first year uh, without Tyree Hill, and they turn around and win a Super Bowl. So I'm not yeah. really sure what to think of them, but there's also a part of me that just doesn't know how seriously they're taking the regular season. I shouldn't say seriously, but – They've never been, you know, dating back to last year, they've never been a team to blow the doors off of other teams in the regular season. So I don't know that I'm concerned about the Chiefs, um, but I just feel like they're they're a little bit different this year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And that's I think that's just Eric the enemy being gone, right? You know, he he moves on and they they now it's Andy Reid more so calling the plays and not saying Andy Reid didn't have a, a hand in calling the plays previously, but I think there's more so of an Andy Reid um, focus here. And, you know, think about Andy Reid, right? When he was on the Eagles, a lot of those Eagles, you know, teams were very run heavy. LaShawn McCoy, uh, Mike Vick as the quarterback. You know, those days, you know, maybe obviously, obviously Reid never had a guy, a talent like that of Patrick Mahomes. But uh, I think that, you know, getting back to more of like a balanced approach on offense, you know, maybe, you know, make keep them in more games. It might not make them look as explosive of an offense as they are. But I think that once they get to the playoffs, I think that having that balanced attack is going to benefit the Chiefs. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I think, look back I think at like, a, I mean, they haven't won many playoff games, but you look back at the Super Bowl they lost. I think Mahomes might have thrown the ball 400 times or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then last game on the slate, actually, well, there's one Monday night game tonight that I actually want to see what your lean is because I need, I think I need a little bit of advice, but an absolute route in San Francisco, 42 to 10. Uh, the Cowboys were never in this game. They, this game was over uh, in, in the first quarter. George Kittle gets a 20 yard completion and then gets another 30 yard completion with right when the second quarter started and this game was over. Yeah, the Cowboys have found a way to ruin like three primetime games, especially this one. And they've done it in different ways, whether it's killing the Giants or getting killed by San Francisco here. This was just a letdown because I was really excited about this game. I thought it was going to be tightly contested. Uh, it was the most exciting game on the slate, I thought. Uh, the 49ers just, I mean, it's just one of those games where they just really made a statement of like, no, 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 like we are the team in the NFC. Like 100%. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely are. They, I mean, it's, it, it's, it was. They absolutely manhandled the the Cowboys yesterday, and you know, I would love to see the the stat behind teams that blow out a team by thirty plus, and then also have a a game where they get blown out by thirty plus. I because yeah. I feel like that is that has to be so rare to happen, and I mean, the Cowboys did it twice. Don't forget. They they beat up on the the Patriots thirty eight to three last week. They they have two games where they've won by thirty five or more points this season, and then they also they lose by thirty last night. Like what a roller coaster ride of the season it's been for the Cowboys. Um, they find themselves at three and two, uh, and you know, again just so up and down there. And they yeah they, they lost to Arizona, did they not? Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. that's weird. 
it's so weird. And you know, they have they have opening night. They come out and look like you know the the odds-on favorite to win the the entire thing. I think you know if you really want to parse through this Cowboys season, week one they come out and the Giants are just a bad team, right? I don't think I think now we can look back and say the Giants are just bad. And they again with a guy like Mike Parsons and that defense, they they look every bit of a Super Bowl contender. Next week they play the Jets, fresh off first game without Aaron Rodgers starting, and they they do their work there, win that thirty to ten. They lose to the Cardinals, and then you know ever since they they the Patriots they beat. They, they, let me put it this way: their three wins, you can argue, came against three bottom seven teams in the NFL. You could. I'd like to not speak about the Jets that way, but you can make that argument. I, I'm just I know they're America's team. I think that they deserve deserve to be held to a higher standard. And I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of my my red flags are out here on the on the Cowboys. They they play the Chargers in. Uh, in LA this week. And what do you think the line is there? Well, that's the Monday night game. It's a good game. They're in LA, you said? Yes. Uh the Cowboys are still going to be favorited by four and a half points. Three and a half points. Only by two. And I think I love the Chargers in the money line there. Not gonna lie. I and I heard this today from Rex Ryan. I think you I don't know if it was on DPHRO or uh if he was just I think it was, but I didn't get to Rex yet. So definitely go listen. But uh, since uh, Diggs has been hurt for the Cowboys, they were like, I think the best pass defense. And since that he's been hurt, I think they're like 30th. in pass See, That's defense. strange to me because the, the label that Trey Diggs has always had is he's kind of burnt toast, but he's good for 10 turnovers a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're, you're right. But, Maybe just the the presence of a guy like that is enough to kind of catapult the defense. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just feel the 49ers are just just a perfectly concocted team. Like just coaching, play calling, uh defense up front in the backfield. They're they're just they have it all. Um weapons obviously galore and a quarterback who I'm very comfortable now saying is pretty good uh and understands the offense inside out and can run the operation. That, like, we talked a lot today about just poorly constructed teams like the Giants. The 49ers are the blueprint. The I couldn't agree with you anymore. That is what you want to build. And, you know, I think the – I think outside of just the X's and O's of it, monetarily-wise, you know, you want to have – your window is before you pay your quarterback. I've never been more of a believer in that. Yeah, I don't want to – I don't want to sing their praises for – having Brock Purdy at the time they do. I mean, this is a team that traded three first round picks for Trey Lance to try to get a quarterback in here. So I, I'm yeah. not going to praise the way that they handled the position, but it's all working out. Yeah. It's it. They're, they're clicking like crazy. Any, uh, any thoughts into Sam Darnold? Uh, what thoughts on what would I have? Uh, one for one first completion of the oh, year. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent day. Uh, that was a big yard that they picked up. Big, yeah, definitely a game sealer. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say this, Sam Darnold uh, with, now with negative five rushing yards on the season, so doing his job to a T. Definitely uh, getting involved, for sure. <laughs> four rushes for, for negative five yards. Just, I mean, what a well-oiled machine this 49ers team but Yeah, is. when they win a Super Bowl, you know, I, I, 
I get the sense it stinks to be a backup that just did nothing. You get a ring. Sam Darnold, you could probably argue, is the catalyst for that team. Yeah, he's the undersung hero. Who yeah. else comes in to take knees when they're up by 30? No, no one. Not, and and really, Christian that yard that he completed a pass for yesterday, there's maybe only a handful of quarterbacks that can make that throw. You know, you know what would be really funny? <laughs> You're right. It would be really funny. You know what would be really funny? Is... Someone turns this on for the first time and, and they listen up to this part. <laughs> Well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know, the the posts that we do where, like, I'll, I'll put like a picture and then like I'll have like a, one of our quotes on it. Should, I think we should start think, doing a player of the week, but like <laughs> that. You know what? We're gonna a we're gonna Go start ahead. that, but but b I think this week for our post, I think it's gonna be a picture of Sam Darnold taking a knee, and I think that like the quote above it is gonna be, "No one takes a knee better than Sam Darnold." Yeah, maybe <laughs> even get into just him being the unsung hero of the Niners. Yeah. All right. He'll be, he's our player of the week. I'll, yeah. that's going to be our thing. We're going to find a player of the week yeah. and we're going to, we're going to start posting it, but he's going to, he's going to be our, our poster boy for that. Yeah. It'll be like um, the looks good player of the week. Cool with me. Uh, All right. Uh, that's so just... we, we have one game tonight that you were looking for a lean on and then yeah. uh, maybe we get into a little bit of the baseball there because I was pleased to see the Atlanta Braves lose a game. Yeah. Uh, um, give me just give me your lean on this game. I don't want to go too deep into it because I this is a this uh, might be a stay away for me. Yeah, this this game has just the writing on the wall of being like I'm feeling Green Bay tonight, and then Green Bay loses by ten. That that this just feels like that sort of game. Uh, this isn't one that I would want to touch. Maybe like a Devonte Adams touchdown and like a alternate like over. That. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just I mean, I, if you have an issue and you need that to watch the game, then yeah, maybe do something like that instead of picking a, a winner with the points or anything like that. I'll probably be more tuned into Dodgers D backs tonight, most likely. Um, yeah. But but yeah, uh, let's let's get over to the baseball now because the everyone's favorite Braves and I, you know, I'm I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I said that obviously I'm everyone is wildly impressed by the Braves and they're they're rightfully so the odds on favorite to win the whole thing but uh with that comes a lot of weight on your shoulders and you know how you get a lot of more weight on your shoulders you lose game one at home and that's exactly what the Braves did uh they lose the Phillies are whatever you want to call it this the the magic of red October or whatever they call it three nothing the Phillies pitching absolutely dominates and shuts down um shuts down the Braves and they didn't even the thing is too like you know looking at this series now the the Braves used their ace and we in in uh game one and now and the Phillies still have their ace and he's I believe he's taking the hill tonight yep Zach Wheeler this could get interesting yeah just in terms of the postseason uh I saw a tweet earlier from Anna Huffstutler I think she's just digital content for the Braves, but obviously a Braves fan. So maybe take this with a a little bit of a grain of salt, but do you think that this is an issue? You're basically now what she's complaining about is, and obviously being a supporter of the Braves, you know, you can kind of understand where the complaint comes from. Do you think it's an issue now that you're giving teams that are used to playing every day, sort of like an entire bye week now with the three game wild card? It's almost like, you're you're almost doing a disservice to to Atlanta for being so good that now they just have to step right into a playoff series against a team who just played, you know, maybe two, three games. Is that a, a disservice, do you think? I mean, I get the rest, but a week is a while. 
I, I would say, you know, maybe not like a disservice would be how I'd explain it. I would just say I wish it could somehow change. I don't have the right answer. Well, to, the change would be you go back to one game wild card. I don't know how you felt about that. Mm, yeah. I like the one game wild card if we're not considering those teams playoff teams. Because then it just has like a game 163 feel. It's like a play-in. You can make it like a play-in like the NBA does. Well, I've always thought that my, my you know, solution to – I don't want to say solution because I don't think it's that big of a problem, to be quite honest. But I think in terms of the wild card, I think if you want, really want to make wild card seeding really mean something a lot more than it actually does, then I think it should just be like the lower seed needs to beat the higher seed twice or the higher seed needs to beat the lower seed once kind of deal. You understand what I'm saying there? Yes. Sorry, okay. So, I, like, I think I think that would make the most sense because, you know, the you know a lot of times you get a, a lot of I don't say a lot of chalk in the uh, in the wild card game, but you know, leaving a, a baseball game down to one day or one game is, I don't know, I, I just there's something about that I don't like. But um, yeah. so do you think that? Give me your right now your your Phillies percent chance to win the series. Uh, I mean, I want to be fair. I want to say 15%, I, I, 20%. I think winning the first game, you know, I think that has a real impact. And the reason I really wanted to bring that up with you is the week off is because we saw the same thing uh, in the other the other series of the NLDS. The Dodgers, I don't want to say heavy favorites or anything like that, but they go out there, they lose by nine runs. Well, I mean, they. I'm pretty sure so far they were the heaviest favorites in the entire, uh, you know, betting-wise in a single game. I think they were over minus 200 that yeah. day. So they were significant uh, think, favorites. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, Kershaw on the Hill, uh, you know, not not Zach Allen, who, again, just like I said about the, right. the Phillies, they get game – not only do they get game one on the road, but they get game one on the road without even using their ace. Yeah, uh, you kind of feel bad for Kershaw, by the way. Just one of the greatest pitchers who have ever seen. This is just a monkey that uh, I'm not sure he's ever going to fully get off his back. Well, go win a World Series, and you'll people will f- totally forget about it. That's what I'll tell Kershaw. Yeah. Um, so, so let, I'll ask you about this. And each, what are your chances that the Diamondbacks win that series? Uh, better than the Phillies, and it's and the Diamondbacks were the Phillies were heavier underdogs uh, than the Diamondbacks. So, I mean, maybe the Dodgers were heavier favorites, but I don't know. But the Phillies were slightly heavier underdogs. Um, I give the Diamondbacks a better chance than I do the Phillies. I think the Braves are going to bounce back immediately. Um, I could see the Dodgers getting into some trouble, though. See, I, I think I disagree. I think I give the the Phillies uh, a better chance than the Diamondbacks, to be honest. That's fair. You know, I, I just think that, they, you know, there's something to the fact that, you know, been there, done that. Like, we'll, we'll talk about this this next series, right? So the, the Twins and the Astros tied at one. Twins steal a game on the road. But I, I'm so confident in the ad that the Astros win this series because they've been there and they've done that. The Twins, again, they literally just got their first playoff win yeah. like 20 years. Yeah, that was the whole basis for our, I think if I remember correctly, the reason we both picked the Astros was just, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, and I, I feel the same way about, about the Dodgers and about the, you know, I feel the same way about the Dodgers. But, you know, I can't really say that about the Braves and the Phillies because if you really want to take that thinking, the Phillies are the ones that have really shown it. Well, yeah. I mean, they they sort of, through smoke and mirrors, found their way to a World Series last year. But I, you know, Let you me know, ask you the question like this. Let's say that you're the Yankees. 
do you feel more confident in a series against the Diamondbacks or the Phillies? Like, who are you? Who do you fear more? Who do you feel like could really put you in a tougher spot? Because oh, I feel Phillies. like the Diamondbacks, just, with all that athleticism, they're young. I feel like against a team like you know the Dodgers, I feel like that that really comes in handy. You're you're not wrong, but I think that the again, like guys like Bryce Harper, who look go look at Bryce Harper's postseason numbers. The guy's an animal, and you know I just don't want any part of that. And I really think, you know, I think the Braves will will win tonight. But going to Philly, betting wise, those are going to be toss ups. Those are not going to be, you know, Braves are. I, I might even the Braves might be an underdog for the first time in a long time going to Philly. I guess, I, but I just also wouldn't be shocked if the Braves just didn't lose another game this series. Or I, you know, the thing is, the Braves are so good that I wouldn't be shocked either. But. I, you know, I don't know. I, I still think that there's something about this Phillies team um, that that is I, I can't really, you know, quantify or but I just I like the makeup of them. I think they have a bunch of guys that are just totally bought into the, the philosophy and, you know, everything that they they like to you know preach over there. You know, even you just see in the whole Trey Turner stuff that the guy was down. The fans kind of essentially picked him back up and kind of resurrected his season. So um, I, I, I like the Phillies. I, I'm not going to say that they'll win that series I still think that the Braves do win the series but I give the Phillies probably the best chance to upset in the series right no so. I, I just feel like I I give the Diamondbacks a better chance I'm, I'm also just scarred by the Atlanta Braves that could be part of it yeah I mean you've seen you've seen them countless times this year and past couple years so yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely agree with that and then the last series which I feel like is a lot of is a, is kind of a shock to a lot of people, but you know, looking at the roster wise and whatnot, my whole thing on the Orioles was that they're too young and this the stage might get too big for them. They dropped the first two at home. Yeah, you were all over Texas. I was really hoping the Orioles were going to find a way to pull this one out. I mean, the Texas offense is just ridiculous. Yeah, they don't stop either. I mean, they got guys one through nine hitting three hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, two two games back. Uh, that's that series will resume on Tuesday, um, in Texas. Again, these are these are best of five. So one game in Texas, and the Rangers could could find themselves in the ALCS against presumably the the Houston Astros. I mean, I would say the Houston Astros right now, but you know, a lot a lot of baseball to be played. Um, and you know, maybe your guy Max Scherzer will make his uh make an ALCS debut. Yeah, but this is this is when he uh, this is when he flames out, or or this is when he he needed all that you know month, two month rest that he just had and comes back and wins the Rangers a World Series. What about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll probably dunk on the Mets like as soon as they win the World Series too. Yeah, the, I can't wait for the the Zach Wheeler versus Max Scherzer Game Seven of the World Series. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be electric. Yeah. Um, but any anything else you wanted to add? Any other, any other thoughts on the football Jets Giants? baseball anything no i think we i think we covered the football really well uh this is the week where i officially with no football on will really delve into some of the baseball games uh but no nothing else well then that sounds like it's everything uh loathing in a jet win for sure uh giant fans look we we try and give you the softest landing as we can but sometimes it's the product on field is uh is not not uh not up to speed, we'll say. So 
Uh, if you're a Giant fan and you, you listen through that, thank you. Hopefully things get better. If you're a Jet fan, uh, let's let's try and continue. Keep this rolling. We'll be back for our uh, preview pod later this week. Uh, we'll talk all things week six. Can't believe it's week six already. Maybe we'll have uh, championship series in baseball determined. So uh, thank you all for listening. Appreciate it always. And peace out.